The night may be long and the dark may be deep, but the answers are there to be found. Whether it's the normal, the abnormal, or the paranormal, you're in the right place. Let's go beyond reality. Mark Anthony is an author. He's known as the Psychic Lawyer, also known as the Psychic Explorer. Explorer. He's a researcher. Uh, Mark, welcome to Beyond Reality Radio. Good to have you on the program. Thanks. It's great to be back. Uh, I always enjoy working with you guys. So, um, Mark, we are going to start like we haven't spoken to you before, because this really is a new program. Um, last time you were on, we were streaming only, and now we're uh, on stations all across the country, and we've got a whole new audience who probably haven't heard of you before. So why don't you start by telling us and our audience who you are and what you do? Well, my name is Mark Anthony. I'm known as the Psychic Lawyer, and people ask me, well, what does that mean? It means I'm both a psychic medium and an attorney. And both my jobs are about evidence, uh, because as an attorney, you need to have evidence to prove your case. And as a psychic medium, you have to produce verifiable evidence transmitted from the other side so that the person receiving the messages uh, can verify that these are the spirits that are who they say they are. So basically, I talk to dead people. And um, um, like you said, I've written two books. And I'm also known as a psychic explorer because I'm starting... Uh, a whole series of psychic adventure tours. And the first one is this October. Uh, it's called the Mystical Mayan uh, Cruise. Leaves from Fort Lauderdale aboard the Royal Princess to the Yucatan Peninsula. And on the sea days, I'll be giving talks about Mayan spirituality and connecting random audience members with loved ones in spirit. And on the way back, from uh, Mexico to Florida, I'll be giving a talk on the science of spirit communication and quantum consciousness, and once again doing uh, communication between the other side and uh, uh, the uh, audience members. And so folks can go to my website, which is evidenceofeternity.com, and just click on the Psychic Explorer tab, and it'll give you the whole rundown. Plus, we're running a special now, um, so there's discounts available for people who are booking. So that's that's what I'm doing right now in a nutshell, um, and um, and one of the reasons that I like to be on Beyond Reality is because you guys are a good balance between the paranormal and the scientific, and uh, that's where I'm coming from as well. Well, we we pre- awesome. yeah we appreciate that. We do try to take a scientific approach to a lot of this you um you don't you're not the first in your family to have these psychic abilities right that, that's correct it, this runs in my family for generations and in my my latest book evidence of eternity um i talk about the genetics and the physiology connected to spirit communication and i use my family as as the example because both my parents um are mediums uh, my mom has, you know, she's on the other side. She's passed. My dad's still here. In fact, I'm going on the honor flight with him on Saturday. That's a whole Oh, very other neat. Thing. That's awesome. Yeah, d- dad's awesome. He was one of the original Navy SEALs back in uh, the Second World War. And um, But I tracked the, the psychics in my family on both sides. And I can get as far back as the 1890s. And there's a clear record. And what's really cool on my mother's side of the family my great-grandmother, Giovanna, um, she was known in the Italian-American community. She came over from Italy to the U.S. Um, as the woman who knew things, and she was uh, revered in the Catholic community in New York and New Jersey. 
And last year on PBS, there was a special, um, The Italian Americans, and actually Giovanna was featured in this special on PBS, and there was even discussion about her psychic abilities. Oh, wow. Really? So, yeah, so it's really cool when you know, it's like I've got the, the records going back. And what happened is when my dad was in, in World War II, um, he was really, really young. In fact, he lied about his age, and he was still a teenager when he joined the military. And a lot of, a lot of guys did that then because, um, you know, it was patriotic, and, and we were at war, and he was in the South Pacific. Well, he knew that his mother could see spirits, and his sister could, and that his grandmother could. And But one thing he never realized until he was on the ship, he was on a ship known as an LSM, and that's a landing ship medium. And what it did is it actually hit the beaches, and then it would release the uh, Marines, and they could hold up to eight tanks on the, on the ship. Um, he noticed before they went into battle that certain sailors and certain Marines would have this really black veil around them. Hold that thought, because yeah. we got started late, so we have to take a break, but this is okay, very no very fascinating. We'll be right back. Hey gang, it's JV here. We hope you're enjoying this episode of Beyond Reality Radio. Some of you are new to the program, and some of you have been with us for years. And no matter if you're interested in ghosts, the UFO phenomenon, conspiracy discussions, or any of the other topics we explore on this program, we do it for you. Our goal here is to help find answers to some of the world's most enduring mysteries. And as we continue to bring you interviews and discussions each night, it's important that we get your feedback and, even more importantly, your support. The media landscape is forever changing, and as it does, we need to be able to change with it. That's why it's important for you right now to go to our youtube channel and subscribe once on youtube just search for jv johnson you'll find it there subscribe it's all free and it'll make you part of our global community in addition beyond reality radio is available as a podcast go to your favorite podcast platform and search for beyond reality radio and subscribe there as well And finally, we have an archive program that you may enjoy as well. This show can be found on major podcast platforms, and it's called Beyond Reality Paranormal. By supporting us in one or all of those places, you can be sure we'll be able to continue to deliver quality shows to you, no matter what form the media landscape takes. As a paranormal historian, I promise you the best and most entertaining conversations as we continue to hunt for the truth. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're, we're actually talking with a good friend of ours, Mark Anthony, also known as the Psychic Lawyer. And uh, right before we went to break, uh, Mark, you started telling us about an uh, experience your father had while heading into, uh, heading into battle. You want to? Yeah, keep... sure, sure. What, what happened was um, before he was going into battle, he noticed, and he was on a ship in World War II that used to storm the beaches in the South Pacific. He'd notice around certain Marines and sailors, there would be like this, this black fail and those guys always died and he was freaking out because he didn't quite understand it now he realizes he was able to see auras and he can to this day he can tell when people are going to die 
and it really, really um, terror. I mean, it, he was terror terrified. So this was before and, he actually knew that he was sensitive or psychic. Well, he he knew that he could detect the presence of spirits, but he'd never noticed the, this aura of death, at least not to the extent that he did. And in one battle that they went into, and I think it was the Battle of Okinawa, ninety uh, percent of the Marines uh, had this this um, this black veil around them, and that unit took a ninety percent casualty rate. And oh, it, it just really, really upset him because he was, like I said, he was only a teenager. And that's a lot to deal with. I mean, what? if you're, you know, 35 years old, it's a lot to deal with, let alone being 17. And I would suppose heading into, especially a battle like that, would would sort of fill him in. Like, he probably experienced that numerous times throughout his life earlier, but seeing just random people on the street and having one here and there that might have had that black thing around them really probably never made him wonder too much about it. But all of a sudden, being around large groups of people who had that around them, it sort of answered that question to him of what what it meant. Exactly. Exactly. And then after the war, he was at a dance, and he was just really drawn to my mom. You know, my mom was she was really beautiful when she was young, and and uh, they they just clicked right away, and then they started talking, and she said, well, there's something I need to tell you about me. And he's like, oh, my God, I, I've got the same thing. <laughs> so they kind of connected not just on that, hey, when you look across the room and see your pretty girl thing. They connected on a spiritual level, too, and realized that they both had these similar abilities to, to perceive spirits. And so... Um, to make a, a long story short, what we're seeing, people who study this as a science, is that a lot of traits are genetic, uh, certain intelligence, athletic, um, you know, the certain diseases, certain mental abilities are genetic, and it appears that with psychic ability, that is a genetic uh, trait as well. It's a recessive trait. It's like left-handedness. Most people are not left-handed, but it tends to run in families. If you get two left-handed parents, the chances of having a left-handed child are very high. If you have two parents with these mediumistic and psychic abilities, well, then, then there was me. So, so I've been able to track this for well over 100 years on both sides of the family, and it is quite fascinating. The way you've always come across is is not over the top. You've always stayed within this this area uh, when when you're talking about your abilities and and the things you use them for. Well, I appreciate that. And part of the problem with the people that are practitioners in the psychic and mediumistic fields is that there's a lot of primitive superstitious nonsense. The same type of silliness that permeates a lot of the fear based belief systems. I mean, I actually hear psychics and mediums talk about around Halloween, the veil between our world and the spirit realm gets thinner. I'm like, all right, so what you're telling me is in the vast infinity of not just the universe, but the multiverses, that they somehow get closer to each other based on a Northern European Celtic agricultural Dark Ages ritual. Is that what you're telling me? And it's like, when people say things like that, they completely lose credibility. The other side is a, is a ultra-high frequency. When you look at the things Einstein used to say, is that there is no matter, there's only energy which vibrates at different frequencies. 
So we vibrate at a lower, slower frequency, henceforth, we're material, corporeal entities. When our body ceases to function, the quantum field, the, the electromagnetic energy which makes up our consciousness, transfers to a higher frequency. In other words, we live in AM radio, and when our body dies, we pop up to FM radio or XM radio or gamma rays because there's many, many levels and frequencies to the other side. And that is what we're seeing in the world of quantum physics and in the, the metaphysicians that study this using science as opposed to, ooh, Halloween. You know, it's like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> I want to just take a step back because I do want to say that I, when you see your father, please thank him for his service. I have a tremendous amount of respect for everybody in uniform, but especially those who were in World War II and stormed those beaches and were part of, of what um, can only be described as unspeakable horror. Uh, what they went through, and they did it with, with a great poise and a great respect for the country and the people they were defending. And it's just a remarkable. That's why it's called the Greatest Generation. And um, I have a tremendous amount of respect for them. Uh, so up against odds that were so far beyond, uh, you know, uh, them. The, uh, the odds for them were were just so low, and uh, to still go in there for and give everything they they had, knowing that it was very possibly going to be their last day. You've really said a lot of words. Uh, Mark, that are almost, that are beyond my pay grade. Things like quantum physics, and and we're talking about Einstein, and 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 you really have kind of boiled down the human essence, at least at least the spiritual essence, to um, to some specific science, which uh, kind of redefines the whole thing for us, doesn't it? It does, and it doesn't. If you look at what every great spiritual teacher has been saying since uh, the ancient Hindu sages and ancient Egyptians, um, through through them, through Buddha, through Jesus, uh, all the way up until today, all of them have talked about and described God in terms of light. And you always hear about seeing the light and being enlightened. And when you look at survival of consciousness studies, near-death experiences where people die in an operating table or die in an accident or drown and their consciousness separates from their body and they go into the light and uh, they describe the light. They said even the word God is too finite, too limiting. And when you look at what the quantum physics are talking about, about how light exists both as a particle and a wave, and that the basic component of everything in existence, whether it's the surface of the sun, the core of the earth, you, me, the radio waves we're communicating on, the space between the earth and and, uh, Jupiter, is composed of a subatomic level referred to as quanta. And quanta is electromagnetic energy. So everything is composed of electromagnetic energy. It just all vibrates at different frequencies, which some are light, some are radio waves, some are uh, human beings, some are mushrooms, some are chunks of ice floating around Pluto. So everything is, in its essence, created of the same particle that makes up light. And if you think about it, everything that, that life depends on it requires light. If it weren't for light, our planet would be a chunk of ice. Um, the food we eat, either plants or, or animals that, that eat plants, all depend on light, on photosynthesis. And we've even found our cells 
communicate using flashes of light known as biophotons. So the light of God is without, and the light of God is within, and everything is connected by light and electromagnetic energy. In other words, God is energy, energy is God. So when you start looking at it in those terms, quantum physics and faith are actually on the same page. They just use different terminology to arrive at the same conclusion. But you truly get into trying to explain uh, for everybody out there how how it is possible for you to be able to do this. In my um, law practice, uh, I did a lot of injury cases, and I specialized in brain injury and head injury, and I started studying the human brain. And then in my work as a medium, and um, uh, when I studied mediumship in England, um, I started coming across studies that focused on the pineal gland in the brain. And the pineal gland is behind the center of our forehead, the proverbial third eye chakra. And British uh, um, discovery uh, have yielded that it contains both magnetite and calcite crystals. And so it generates an electromagnetic field. And there we go again with electromagnetic energy. And so it has a quantum energetic field. And so, so that gave me the basic background of anatomy and physiology. It also controls our ability to perceive light and process light. And there we go again, is when you perceive the light that is God or the light that is within us. So there is a, a technical and a physical reason for the ability to communicate with spirits and and um, Jason and JV, why everyone in the world is capable of perceiving a spirit or of having a premonition, because we all have the same apparatus in our head that makes us sensitive to it. doesn't mean that everyone is necessarily a medium or a psychic. It's like, you know, all of us can swim, but we're never going to be Michael Phelps. Okay. Well, exactly, so we because all, it's a muscle. Yeah. It's a muscle that you need to strengthen, just just like anything else. And and I and I explain that with um, anybody can become sensitive because uh, if you go to a thousand so-called haunted locations, and out of a thousand, a hundred of them are actually haunted, your body tends to remember how you felt at those locations. So does that make you full-blown sensitive? No, but it definitely makes you more sensitive than somebody who's never been in that predicament. So of course now you can take that and you can strengthen it over time. Because now you, you, you know what you're feeling. You know how, the, how being in a haunted location makes you feel. And uh, so you have the ability to strengthen, strengthen that, that sensitivity. Exactly. Exactly. And some people are just better at it than others. I mean, some people are better at math. Some people are, are more musically inclined. You know, we're all good at um, something different. I mean, it, wouldn't it be boring if we were all the same? And I always, you know, people ask me, well, I wish we could all do It's like, yeah, but do you want to be a school of fish? Right. Do you all want to be the same size, same color, react the same thing, same way? It's like, we don't. We all have individual DNA, individual fingerprints. We're all different, and there appears to be a reason for that as well, is, is that what makes every individual consciousness, every soul, every individual a unique um, entity which is part of a greater whole. So I think it's it's fascinating. And and uh, you know, like you said, you, you you work in the haunted houses and you start to to become aware of things. And that's what I have termed spiritual situational awareness. 
and it's being aware to the seen and the unseen forces and energies around you. And that's what gives you the edge in your paranormal investigations because you have spiritual situational awareness. Mark, we have time to take uh, one phone call um, before we go into our top-of-the-hour break, and this is Scott from Canada who has a question for you. Scott, welcome to Beyond Reality Radio. Thank you. I, okay, my question is, when uh, Mark found out when he was a psychic and a medium, what was his reaction when he found out? Great question. Great question, Mark. Well, I was four years old, <laughs> so... So to me, it wasn't really weird. Um, I just had friends that I talked to. But Scott, what was fascinating, looking back on it, is my parents were aware of what was going on with me because they could see you know, my friends as well. Um, and it was their reaction. Mom was like, hey, this is great. Dad was like, don't tell anybody um, because <laughs> well, they were afraid at, for my own safety. So they told me, you can talk to us about it, just don't talk to other people because they won't understand. And then as I got older, I realized that if you talked about, oh, I see spirits, um, you know, and I went to Catholic school, you know, so <laughs> immediately, oh, yeah. yeah, you're possessed by the devil and all the fear-based superstitious nonsense, um, I realized that most people don't do that, so you, you, you uh, discuss it at home. Yeah, and another thing that you touched on, too, is some people have the knowledge of, like, spirits and that there, and some people are, like, good at knowledge with the music and that there. And before this break that you uh, did before, the last break that you uh, came back on was a song from uh, Toby Keith, How Do You Like Me Now? Yeah. Yeah, that's... Uh... Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I love Toby Keith, yeah. <laughs> Thanks for the call, Scott. We appreciate the questions. Um, you know, uh, Mark, you, 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 you obviously say you've got evidence, and we've talked about this, that God exists and that heaven exists. Um, and then you mention things like superstition as going to Catholic school. How do you reconcile those two things? I like the mysticism and the spirituality of the Catholic Church. Also, I mean, uh, yesterday, Mother Teresa, who is now Saint Teresa, I like the saints. And when you study the history of the saints, a lot of the popular saints exhibit what we now know to be psychic and mediumistic abilities. Uh, for example, Saint Clair of Assisi, uh, who lived 800 years ago, is the patron saint of television. And people laugh when they hear that. But in the 1950s, when television came out, Pope Pius XII deemed her or, or, or you know, uh, declared her the patron saint of television because she was a remote viewer. Uh, she was very ill. She was a very pious nun, did a lot of great charitable works, very popular. And she was also an associate of St. Francis of Assisi, so another psychic medium. And she could see things um, that were happening across the village and in the church in real time from her bed. So in other words, her consciousness could be projected to observe things in real time. And while people may scoff at that, all the intelligence agencies like the CIA, the KGB, uh, the British MI6, the French, the Koreans, the North Koreans, the Chinese, they all use remote viewers. And they've been spending tens of million dollars, tens of millions of dollars on remote viewers over uh, you know the past uh, 60, 70 years. So the Vatican has been very well aware of this phenomenon, and and, and friends of mine that are priests, and and I won't discuss their order, but there's intellectual orders within the church that get all this. 
okay? It's just unfortunately there's a lot of the um, baggage and tradition that clings on, not just to the Catholic religion, but to all religions that tend to mire them in the Iron Age instead of, hey, let's shed that stuff, take what we know about it, and incorporate it into 21st century science. Right. Mark, your books, Never Letting Go, Evidence of Eternity, um, give us a brief, uh, just a quick paragraph as to what each is about. Never Letting Go is a guide on the journey through grief and is for anyone who's lost a loved one. Um, and Evidence of Eternity explains uh, the afterlife and spirit communication on the basis of science, theoretical physics, human physiology, evidence, and faith. All right, well, let's pick up with evidence of eternity, and let's talk a little bit about what that evidence is and, um, you know, what the spirit world's about. Let's let's get in without revealing too much of the book. Tell us about it. Well, evidence of eternity explains um, um, the afterlife in terms of science and physics and communicating with it. And I don't mean to in any way... Um, depersonalize God, because God is a very personal thing to me. Um, what I find interesting is something came out recently, in fact, this June, uh, Dr. Michio Kaku, the theoretical physicist who is one of the founders of string theory, um, he said that he concludes that we live in a world made by rules of physics, laws of physics, created by an intelligence. And so he also said to me, it's clear that we exist in a plan which is governed by rules that were created, shaped by universal intelligence and not by chance. And so what we're seeing now is from the physics community and the scientific world, which has usually been the polar polar opposite, diametrically opposed to faith that, oh, there's no heaven, there's no afterlife, they're, they're now saying, well, maybe we shouldn't exclude the spiritual from the scientific, because there's things that we're now um, coming to see and to understand. Now, with God, um, I was speaking earlier in the, the previous segment about the electromagnetic energy that connects everyone and everything, and it was very exciting for me because that's something that, that I'd written about in Evidence of Eternity. And then this new discovery, or new theory rather, by Dr. Kaku, who is saying that there is an intelligence that pervades the universe. In other words, is part of everything everywhere. And that's something that, that I've always felt. Well, in the near-death experience studies where people... Um, their consciousness leaves their body, goes into the light, and encounters deceased loved ones. And then there seems to be a stage beyond that where then they encounter um, not only the light, but an intelligence and a love that is so pervasive that um, they all the, the people who come back, uh, who are resuscitated, um, even the atheists, say that there is a God. So we're seeing this now in science, we're seeing the uh, the hard scientists, we're seeing in the survival of consciousness, and then in the the thousands and thousands of readings I've done, and the tens of thousands of spirits that I've communicated with, God exists. But we tend to think of God, and I don't mean in in any way to to, um, insult anyone's belief system, but this notion of a narcissistic, insecure white guy sitting on a throne with a scepter smiting people <laughs> may have worked in the Dark Ages in the medieval era, and, and, but the fact of the matter is I can't fault people for believing that, and here's why. 
our brain is an organ in our in our head which houses the consciousness it does not create the consciousness because our consciousness is an immortal living spirit that is an infinite being but for whatever reasons we come into these uh, the, this physical life to have a finite existence so everything that our brain is capable of processing has a beginning a middle and an end and limitations so we know that God exists, we know that there's an infinity, but our brain can't grasp it, so people tend to put a human face on God. And it's funny, just look at Buddha. In India, Buddha looks very Indian. In China, he looks very Chinese. In Thailand, he looks very Thai. Look at Jesus. If you go to Greece, look at the paintings of Jesus. In Greece, he looks Greek. In France, he looks French. So people tend to um, depict God in a form that they can understand, and there's nothing wrong with that. It, or, a form, it's what, or a form that they yeah. feel they can communicate with. It's not like, well, exactly, yeah, because, like, because it's not like yeah. they're going to picture him as a, a, a fox, because you know you're not going to sit here and, and carry on a conversation or whatever with a fox and expect it to be able to talk back to you. So it's more something in, you're seeing, you, they tend to see it in uh, sort of their uh, impression of, of themselves or, or what, whatever they are, a human being uh, of sorts. Yeah, just a because relatable... They feel, Exactly. Exactly. A, a relatable image. And there's nothing wrong with doing that because God is both infinite and very personal at the same time. And and so in, in, in encountering all this, yes, there is a God, but you know, when I went to Catholic school, God was a, a white guy who looked Catholic, you know, sitting on a very Catholic throne and and uh, but then there's religions like Judaism and Islam where it is forbidden to depict God in human form, but you know they but they they also uh, refer to God as a male entity because in those cultures it's it's male dominated. So anthropomorphizing God, in other words, putting a human face on God to be able to understand the infinite, that's a very human thing to do, and that's fine. It's when the when we get caught up in using God or faith in God for political and ego-driven agendas. And the ultimate act of ego is creating God in your own image so that he gets to hate the same people you do. <laughs> here's here's a, something that's bothered me for a while when we get talking about these topics. And uh, there's been t- discussion about computers that are, uh, that are being uh, advanced to the point where they'll be able to take your memories and what they're... Cl- some of these uh, people are claiming your consciousness, put them into a machine Helping and effectively yeah. effectively allow you to live forever. Ever. But somehow that doesn't work with what you're saying, because if there is a spiritual essence to that, what would happen to that part of the human essence? Well, there's two ways of looking at that. The way that it's just a mechanical, it's a bunch of algorithms that are responding to, to stimuli, or maybe this is the evolution of life forms where we as carbon-based units are now the genesis, if you will, for the silicon-based life forms. certainly makes, uh, so maybe it's supposed to happen. Um, on the other hand, as a species, we're violent, we're, we're uh, cruel, uh, we're, we're very, very dangerous. I don't think we're ready for immortality yet, at least in the physical sense. We are already immortal beings in the spiritual sense. But as far as our physical, you know, 
being. And, and the way I look at it is it would be boring to stay in a physical body for all of eternity because there appears to be a spiritual evolution um, an, uh, of evolving beyond the form that we're in. And that's the whole point of coming back through, which I do believe in reincarnation, through a succession of lifetimes, because energy is neither created nor destroyed, only transferred from one form to another. And the quantum field that's in our brain can separate and then reattach to another host later on, uh, which is reincarnation. And why get all caught up in, you know, it's like saying, gee, here I am in fourth grade, and it's so wonderful, I think I'll stay in fourth grade forever. Why would you do that? You know, don't you want to go on to fifth grade, sixth grade, eventually college and, and beyond and experience life and, and, and things that you can't even conceive of when you're in the fourth grade? But doesn't it also take the uh, the individual having a belief, first off, uh, a belief that there's something after this? Uh, yeah, there's always going to be people that are, that are fear-based. And, I mean, when, when a, a train was invented, there were actually scientists who said that don't get in train because once it starts, it will move so fast that it will suck all the oxygen out, create a vacuum, and kill everyone on board. And there were people that actually believed that because their limited understanding of science of the day put them in that mindset. And that, once again, that's a fear thing that we now know is absurd. And so there's people who will want their bodies to live forever. I mean, look, if we could drink a potion and all of a sudden look like a 22-year-old bodybuilder with a six-pack and, you know, all that, um, <laughs> hey, who wouldn't drink that? Okay, I mean, we'd all drink that. And the girls would all be, you know, looking like supermodels and, we you know. Um, but, but the fact of the matter is, until they develop that, um, we're going to be going through these succession of lifetimes. And if somebody wants to physically exist forever, and then let's get all Twilight Zone for a minute. So let's say you could create this immortality thing, and then a comet or something hits the Earth and blasts into atoms, and so you can't die, and you're floating around in space for all of eternity by yourself. I mean, ah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow, you, really, you really made the whole thing suck. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, I mean, that's being a lawyer, and you got to look at all the sides. It was like, well, on one hand, it's very good, and on the other hand, maybe not so much. And then there was this uh, this ancient Greek myth where this woman, her husband was ill, and she went before the gods, and she said, please, I ask for my, my husband to have eternal life. And they, they said, are you sure? And she said, yes, so they granted him eternal life. The problem is she didn't ask for eternal youth. And he just got older and older and more decrepit, and he became this aged, infirm, senile horror that could never die. I mean, the Greek myths always had those, you know, really scary things. But they were also good metaphors and stories that perhaps living forever would not be would not be as wonderful as one thinks it is, at least in the physical sense. Right. And maybe it isn't in the spiritual sense, which is why we come back. Uh, Mark, I'm going to play a clip right now of um, uh, a reading that you did. Hang on just one second. got to cue it up here. But um, then we don't, I want to comment about it and just kind of get your, get your sense of um, maybe how you feel when you're doing such readings. Does that sound okay? 
Sure. For some reason, April is making a tremendous amount of sense to me. And the number's two and the number's seven. That's the day he passed away. Wow, I'm seeing a specific record label from Atlantic Records. It was a red and green uh, label, and I keep hearing Led Zeppelin. Does this make Houses sense? Houses of the Holy. Houses of the Holy. Woohoo! Okay. <laughs> How apropos. <laughs> Been a long time since I rock and rolled. He actually sang that at karaoke one night. He sang that in karaoke. It yeah, was, it was the night of our second date. Been a long time. Been a long time. I been a long, lonely, him, yeah. lonely. Yeah. Okay. So he's still singing karaoke. <laughs> Who's Bob? Bob. 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 His name was Robert. Okay. There we go. I'll take that one. <laughs> Hell yes. Did he used to say that a lot? It bothered me because you'd ask him, um, is, do you want corn with dinner? And he would say, hell yes. <laughs> yeah, he said that quite a bit. He wants me to sing a song for you. I just called to say I love you. I just called to say I really care. We split up from for a short time. And he moved back to Texas, and I wouldn't take his phone calls, and I came home, and that was on my answering machine. So, Mark, you clearly had a very emotional woman there, because you were really um, digging deep into, I don't know, what was it that you were digging deep into, because you were hitting nails on the head there. Yeah, um, I, I remember that one, because we were, we were filming that night, and there's about 100 people there. And what happens is when, when I open up to frequency, spirits come forward and they start transmitting information to me and I see things, hear things, and feel things. And that was a very strong connection. That was her husband who had died. And he just started giving me all of this information. And that's what I call evidential mediumship. Like I start singing this Led Zeppelin song and that happened to be the song that he sang at karaoke on their first date. He gave me another song, which when she wouldn't take his phone calls, he called and sang to her. And then, of course, his name came through and the, the exact date, April 27th, that he died. And then, you know, the other things that came through. And so what spirits do is is their, their pure consciousness, they're a wave of energy, or rather a field of energy, and they're emitting waves of frequency to me. And this wave of energy... Um, the spirit's energy then interfaces with the electromagnetic field in my brain, and that impulse then gets translated into recognizable concepts based on my memories, feelings, and cultural association. So there's the technical aspect to it, and the emotions and the feelings come through. And from my standpoint, um, it's, it's exhilarating and yet draining at the same time. And a lot of the time, it's like I'm observing what's happening. It's 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 flowing through me. I'm not possessed or anything. I that's not what it is. They're transmitting things to me, and I'm I'm like a translator. It's like being a UN translator. I'm, uh, things are being uh, given to me in a language that I understand or recognize that I then have to explain to somebody here in a way that they can understand. I, so I hope that explains it. Yeah, so it comes through and somewhere in, in your head you're able to sort of decode the way it comes through and then you need to uh, explain it to, uh, to them in, in a way that helps them as well. 
Exactly. And I think that really is a lot different than than 99% of the other uh, things you'll see out there that psychics are doing with these big group readings. Well, so many uh, psychics and mediums, they get very morbose. And in my style, um, I don't know how to be any different because the way I look at this uh, is it's so exciting. It's a conversation with a loved one that you love, and it's beautiful and it's positive and it's, it's upbeat. to be happy and enjoyable. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Spirits don't want us to be sad, depressed, and grieving forever. I mean, they get it. They understand that. Because people are like, does he miss me? Well, no, he doesn't. Because he can be around you anytime he wants. And when somebody dies, uh, we have to realize that our relationship with that person goes from one of a physical nature to a spiritual nature. And, and the communication with a spirit or with spirits lets us understand that. And the way that they verify who they are is through specific pieces of evidence. I mean, let's face it, we've all had grandmothers that knitted who loved us. <laughs> okay, I mean, that's just sort of a given. But when Granny comes through and starts talking about specifics like that, like songs and dates and names. Yeah, out of millions of songs, and you're able to pull out those those songs. Yeah, so that definitely shows that, that there's something there. Yeah, I mean, um, I was doing a reading recently, and, uh, you know, of course there's always the cynics, oh, you're cold reading. So I'm doing a reading for this lady, and her husband's spirit comes through, and all of a sudden I see the seven dwarves from, like, the Disney movie, and, and, and Sneezy, in this image, walks up to me and sneezes at me. And the woman goes, oh, my God. And I go, what? She goes, well, my husband had a lot of allergies. So I'm thinking, well, that must have been it. She goes, and a year before he died, a group of our friends, we dressed up as the seven dwarves for a Halloween party, and he was sneezy. <laughs> now, how am I supposed to cold read something like that? Oh, and it gets better. This reading was over the phone. <laughs> okay. oh, Mark, I did. I, you know, I saw a lot of things on on the list, your resume, if you will, but I didn't see rock and roll singer on there, which I think you may have <laughs> you may have mistakenly left off after hearing that performance. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to well, ask. Let, let's let's stick to the lawyer and the kind of. You know, so. I wanted to ask you a little bit more about your your readings. And um, do you? I know some some folks who do readings for people, and they tend to come out of those readings as the person doing the reading exhausted, and you know, there's all this drama involved. Do you? Does it take a lot of energy out of you? It does. It, it's it's very mentally and physically draining because here's what's going on is we're revving up uh, our brainwave frequency, getting back to the pineal gland in our brain. Um, we have to see, normally when people receive a visitation, and I'll ask both of you guys this, when you've been sleeping, have you ever had a visitation from a deceased loved one? Absolutely. Yep. Dream? Absolutely have, yes. yes. And here's why. Right now we're in the beta state. That's the awake state if you're to map our brainwave frequency. And then when you start to go to sleep, you drift off into alpha. Alpha is that, you know, hey, groovy, stay, you're all totally relaxed. Then you go into theta, which is deeper sleep. And on the alpha-theta border, brainwave frequency surges. So spirits are able to see that, and they bring their frequency down. You get a frequency match. Okay, so we're living in AM radio, and all of a sudden we spike. Spirits live in FM radio. They see that, so they drop their frequency, and you get the frequency match. 
And normally that takes several hours to achieve because your brain goes into the sleep mode. Well, we're not exactly sure why, but for some reason, psychics and mediums can go can get their pineal gland to do this in a voluntary state where I go from beta to the alpha theta border right away and I can turn it on. And so what we're doing is you're you're creating a tremendous amount of mental energy which you can sustain that level um, for about an hour, and because it's mentally draining, it's also physically exhausting. So when I do a reading, yeah, I'm all exhilarated, and then after about an hour, um, uh, you want to crash, you know, I mean, or just, you know, relax. So it is very, very draining, and that's the reason why. We had a question in the chat room. Sorry, Jay. We had a question in the chat room. Um, one of our chat participants wanted to know if you've ever been involved in any police cases or any kind of investigations using your psychic abilities. Uh, yes, I have. And I used to be part of a, a forensics unit, and we would come up with uh, information. I've been consulted by military intelligence on one occasion. And uh, at one of my public events about two months ago, um, um, all of a sudden I started getting the spirit of this little girl and I could see I said there was water and I'm getting a deterioration and this guy jumps up he goes, That's for me. He goes, I'm the guy who found Kaylee Anthony's body. And remember the Casey Anthony murder That's trial, right, yeah. the, the creepy, creepy uh woman in Florida yeah. that murdered <laughs> she murdered her kid. Yeah, okay. Yeah, exactly. Um, maybe it was accidental or whatever. The problem with what happened there was I was getting all the facts and information, but the, the recipient of the message, he was excited and he jumped up and started telling me everything about it. And so for people that do go for a reading um, if I ask a question like, I'm picking up on a little girl and I'm getting water, does that make sense? Say, yes, it does, as opposed to, yes, I'm the guy that found da 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 and I start giving me all the details. Because you, the reason that, and it says this on my website and in my books for people that want to get a reading both on the phone or in person, I don't want to know anything about you or who you want to contact prior to the reading because I don't want anything tainted by what I may already know. Let the information come through, and I'll, I'll say, does this make sense, or I'm seeing this? It's like in the, the clip you played, um, I start singing a song. Does that song make sense? Yes. That was a song he sang on our, our first date, or Bob, 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 who's Bob? His name was, you know, Robert, Bob. So, so that's why you have to be very very careful when you go into a reading to not supply the psychic or the medium with information. Let us bring forth the facts, and then you verify them. What has Hollywood done to our perception of all of this? Well, the TV shows that depict mediums, and uh, I can't fault the success of these people, but I don't know if the people that have TV shows are necessarily... Um, the best people to be portraying us, but then again, you know, that wasn't my decision. Um, also, a lot of uh, the Hollywood depictions, it's all about entertainment, and in many cases, um, it were one uh, were depicted as one click away from being a sideshow carnival act, as opposed to being, you know, true credible practitioners. What do you think about? I mean, every industry has them, people that um, maybe aren't fully being honest with the people they're taking money from. What do you think that does to this whole industry? 
Well, it's the same thing, you know, the dishonest and corrupt lawyers, the uh, malpractice committing doctors, uh, the thieving accountants. Um, In fact, I was, because I'm both an attorney and a psychic medium, I'm the go-to guy in the TV, radio, and print um, world for when the legal system and the paranormal collide. Um, in fact, I'm, I'm sure you guys are, are aware that a lot of insurance companies are issuing liability policies for ghost hunters because people can get hurt on these paranormal investigations. Well, absolutely, and and we've been insuring ourselves for forever just because you never know what's going to happen. You're walking around somebody's house that you've never been in or somebody's business. You fall, you're in the dark, you, you, you whack yourself exactly. on something, whatever. It, 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 yeah, it's still a business, and especially when your business is conducted in the dark, and sometimes these places that you go to are in an abandoned insane asylum that nobody's been, you know, taking care of for 20 years or whatever. Um, there was the Rosa Marks. She was um, a family. There, there were gypsies, and, and of course, you know, many gypsies are, most gypsies are wonderful people, but this family, they were crooks. And they were um, Rosa Marks is passing herself off as a real uh, medium, and she certainly was not. And she was convincing people that the souls of their loved ones were somehow being imprisoned in a hell-like environment, and only she could get them, um, you know, out of that. And and she, basically, the Marks family built um, uh, several people out of over thirty million dollars. Wow. And so I was I was interviewed as to the legal ramifications because her defense team, her attorneys, were raising the First Amendment separation of church and state because this was her religious belief. Mm. But uh, apparently neither the judge nor the jury bought that defense, and she ended up going to prison as well she should have. So for the people out there that are charlatans and are actually preying upon grieving people, uh, they need to be uh, punished. Um you can tell a legitimate medium, um, like myself and like, like my colleagues, what I say in all my materials is wait about six months after the death of the loved one. Now, that's not because the spirit can't communicate. They can communicate right away, but you're not ready for it. Even though you want the contact, people are hysterical, they're crying. Um, you need to wait till the initial shock of the death passes and then some emotional stability returns to your life so that you can get the most benefit out of the reading. And then I have people that right after a reading, I want another one. Well, I won't do it for at least another six months. My opinion is you may only need one reading, but if you want another reading, you're going to have to wait the reason being is, number one, I'm not there to, to, to be a crook, okay, because that's not what it, and that is not what this is about. But you have received messages from your loved one. You need time to process them. But you also need time to progress through your grief so that then in six months or a year or two years, whatever it is, and, and you are in another place in your journey through grief and ready now to receive new messages. So, so that's how you can tell the legitimate mediums. Any psychic or medium who tells you you need to come three times a week at five hundred dollars a clip, turn and run. Right. These people are not mediums; they are thieves. Thanks to everybody for joining us, and a big thank you to Mark Anthony for uh, spending all this time with us tonight. We do really, really appreciate it, Mark. It's um, you know it's late, and uh, uh, these hours can be a little bit difficult. But thanks so much. Oh, no problem. I, I really enjoy the show and look forward to coming back. Well, thank you. So before we let you go, um, tell people again, you, you, you mentioned some of the things in the beginning of the 
uh, discussion about what you've got going on and where people can get your books and more information about all the things you've got happening. Uh, well, both my books, Never Letting Go and um, Evidence of Eternity, are available at fine bookstores worldwide. Um, but uh, you can order them online as well through my website at evidenceofeternity.com. And I've got the Mystical Mayan Psychic Explorer Cruise coming up October 22 to 27. And this is going to be a lot of fun. So if you want to go on, a, like being an Indiana Jones movie for a week, but do it on a luxury ship, yep. and, and the prices Mark, are great, Mark, we've that's all, the we, way to go. We actually had some people in the chat room asking some, about some details. What exactly is it? It's going to be aboard the Royal Princess, which is one of Princess Cruz's brand new ships, and it sails from Fort Lauderdale to the coast of Maya and then Cozumel. So there'll be a sea day going where I'm going to be giving a presentation on Mayan spirituality. And trust me, my lectures are not like watching algebra on stage. It's going to be it's going to be happening. <laughs> and then <laughs> later in the day, I'll be doing a presentation um, where I'll be connecting random audience members with loved ones in spirit. Then um, we're going to be at uh, Costa Maya and then Cozumel. And I'll be going on the um, uh, excursions to Mayan ruins, including Chichen Itza. Um, and then on the sea day back, in the morning, I'll be giving a presentation on the science of spirit communication and how quantum physics proves the existence of a soul. And then that day, later in the day, I'll be doing another gallery event to connect uh, audience members with loved ones in spirit. And I'm making sure that I'm giving uh, everyone nights free on our sea days because I want you to enjoy the Royal Princess. Um, this this ship is amazing, and what I'm telling everybody is if you sign up, um, get the cheapest cabin possible, because this is a brand new ship. Everything is first class, and save your money to have fun. Also, the travel agent um, contacted me. They're running a special now. If you book two tickets, you get a free pass um, to all of my events. So it's a two-for-one on the passes, and uh, this is going to be healing. It's going to be spiritual, it's going to be an adventure, and the best healer of all is it's going to be fun. And you can find out all about that and to book it through my website, evidenceofeternity.com. And that, of course, is the name of one of the books. Now, um, you also take private clients for uh, readings, is that correct? I do. And on the website, evidenceofeternity.com, just click on the Book a Reading tab and make sure you read the whole page, because it'll explain everything about readings. Most of the readings I do are over the phone. My clientele is worldwide. Um, there's usually about a two-month waiting list, because people go, well, I want it right now. It's like, well, we explain there's a two-month waiting list. And also on my website... Um, it will explain about my personal appearances. I'll be um, in doing some events here in Florida, but I'll also be in uh, in the first week of October. I'll be in Houston, Texas, on uh, the Great Day Houston Morning Show, and two events there. And then, of course, the Mystical Mayan Cruise toward the end of October, uh, and then in December I will be in New York City. So I'm so, exhausted just hearing your schedule. On. Yeah, you know, it's like I love traveling, but it's the getting there part. And I know you yeah. guys know this because of all the, you know, I mean, um, I appreciate all the security at the airports, but uh, I wish oh, they did have a, a transporter. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Yeah. I wish it was, they had a transporter like in Star Trek that didn't materialize there, but, you know, maybe that's a few years off. <laughs> if, well, it's, all, it's always a pleasure talking with you, Mark. It really is. And uh, I definitely look forward to having you back on. 
super. I, I, I look forward to it. Um, and congratulations on the show going big time. I, I was just so impressed and proud of you guys when I saw the list of of awesome cities that this is now being broadcast in. So congratulations. I think this well, thank is just you. Fantastic. Yeah, and it's going to be a bigger list much uh, real soon. So, all right, Way thank you. Thank you, Mark Anthony. Again, Evidence of Eternity is the uh, website, and we appreciate him being on the program. Great discussion, Jay. And, and uh, you know, that's why we had him back because the first one was good, this one was good, and we're looking forward to the third one down the road. Oh, absolutely. And he's the psychic, so he should know when he's coming back. <laughs> so, but well, honestly, in, in all honesty, I love Mark. Mark's always been the most down to earth and just straightforward person and always has. Uh, explanations for you know how he's doing what he's doing and what what how he's getting these uh, these things and I think that's important because there's like I said to you Jim um, you know, off air there's always those ones that are out there that are like I don't know how I got these powers but I do and you know whatever but but that's not who Mark is. Well, it was very clear when we played the clip, and um, I watched uh, a lot more of that video, too, that's on YouTube um, from Mark on his YouTube channel. And um, he clearly touches people in a very emotional way. And, um, you know, I often say, I can't explain, you know, when people say, do you, do you know how a psychic does what they do, or do you believe it, or whatever? And I say, I can't explain it, but I can, when I watch something like that, I see that very clearly he has a positive effect on on the people he's working with and that's really ultimately what's what's most important and i and i agree and i love the fact where like you, you and i have seen some of these uh, some of these uh you know psychics do readings in these big things and they're like i'm getting a j i'm getting a j over here maybe a k maybe and whatever it is but mark is straight to the point he's like um i just called to say i love boom all right she got that the other thing with the song uh the hell yeah and and those things it's just yeah you know, he's hitting it dead on it's, yeah. it's not like he's trying to play off of a huge crowd and get this person to oh no I've got somebody with a J who just died in my family, or I've got this. He's going straight to it, and boom, and he's hitting those points. He doesn't have to beat around the bush and try to be general and hope that something right, that something uh, connects with somebody. Right. Yeah. And I saw in chat room a couple people have already uh, went to uh, somewhere Amazon or somewhere and grabbed his books, and I actually uh, have one here, so I'm looking forward to reading it as well. And, one of the uh, best best spoken. Uh, sensitive psychics that I think we, well, we've ever spoken to yep. and definitely by far uh, that we've ever had on the show. Thanks for listening. It's Beyond Reality Paranormal. We'll see you next time.